Hi, I'm Cynthia Farrell, owner and principal of 110 West Group. I work with leaders to ensure they have the organizational talent and culture they need to achieve legendary business results and establish a positive leadership legacy. I'm passionate about developing what I refer to as legacy leaders, those who lead with a balance and blend of strategy, authenticity, pragmatism, and compassion. In most of the episodes of this podcast, I'll share conversations I've had with leaders who have found that balance, who have made and will continue to make an incredible impact on the companies they work for and the colleagues, employees, and customers they work with. They are true legacy leaders. In some episodes, I'll dive into a concept around legacy leadership and share my thinking, experience, and stories. I am a storyteller after all, and a legacy leader in my own right. If you know of a fantastic leader that I should speak to, or a legacy leadership concept you'd like to hear more about, please head to the Contact Me page on my website, 110westgroup.com, and drop me a note. That's 110westgroup.com. Welcome to This Is How We Lead, Conversations with Legacy Leaders. This episode continues the Leading in Crisis series of this podcast, where I'm talking to legacy leaders about how they're leading their teams in our current reality. That reality is leading during a pandemic, something probably none of us have experience with. For more information on this series, I recommend listening to the first episode of this podcast if you haven't already. On today's episode of This is How We Lead, I am speaking with Mike who is a sales leader at a technology company, another individual who I've had the opportunity to work with and support, and one of my favorite leaders that I've ever worked with. And I'm super excited to have him on here today to talk about how he is leading himself and his team during this very unique period of time. So Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, and very generous. I appreciate the kind words. Well, very well deserved. So I always start out with one question. How are you doing today? You know, I I feel very lucky. You know, there's a lot going on in my profession, in our country, I mean, across the world. But, you know, in terms of it impacting me personally or my family, we're all quite happy and healthy. uh, And I feel very fortunate. Our community's not that impacted by COVID. So I feel fortunate there. I work for a company who's well positioned to support healthcare through an event like this. So we're doing very well. We're, we're quite fortunate. And how's your team doing? I know you've got a pretty big team. The team is remarkable and, and doing really well. I think, you know, again, we're positioned really well to support healthcare in, in a situation like this. Being in sales, I, I've got colleagues working for different organizations in different sectors, and, and there's nothing to sell right now and no one to sell it to. That's not the position we're in. We, we had to distribute our team remotely, which is not our, our normal operating. Miranda, we're an in-office team, but everyone did that with grace and ease and is just really focused in driving. And, and I think kind of like I said, I think they feel very uh, fortunate to be in a position where our industry needs us. They need our, our efforts right now. Yeah, that's a lucky position to be in, right? Because like you said, there's a lot of industries, including in technology, that that isn't necessarily the case. 
knowing your team like I do and knowing how much energy they get off of each other <laughs> in an in-person environment, having seen that firsthand, how are you guys maintaining that energy, that camaraderie now that you're all remote? We have a social where this is something we do weekly now, but we meet as a group, we try not to bring work into that and just, uh, you know, we say bring a cold drink and we let people define cold drink any way they wish. Mine usually has a top that needs to be popped off personally. We have opportunities to see each other and the video cameras are on and, and we get to, you know, make jokes and talk about the week, talk about, you know, family or whatever it may be. Outside of that, that social connection, we're doing all the things that all of us are reading about as we're taking our teams remotely. We're doing the constant connection, you know, more communication, decisive communication, visual connection. So you're looking at each other and doing small group huddles and larger full team huddles. Our team has great charisma, as you said, and energy. When something happens, it's worth recognizing. Our team is, uh, we call ourselves the meme team sometimes. So there's a flurry of emails with, uh, you know, funny memes and, and attaboys that sort of get circulated around. So we're doing a lot of what we always did. It's just in a different environment where we need to lean more into, you know, technology that we just didn't have to use before because we could go give a high five where now it's a, it's a virtual high five. We're making it work. What's surprised you with your team? The team's loyalty and commitment, it just makes me super proud. And I guess I'd say that didn't surprise me. They've always had that. But, you know, I just think it's different when there's this, a global pandemic going on. And I, you know, we all react to that in our own way. And so when, when there's that overlying, overlying stress and then work and then home, and, and it's all in a new environment, the team has maintained such high commitment levels and focus levels and, and loyalty and camaraderie and, and, you know, just inspiring. I'm very fortunate. I have a, a fantastic team. You know, something that surprised me was how quickly the team was able to adapt. Like everybody, you know, it was late February, early March, where it kind of stopped going from one of the things that you'd you know, hear about in the, the morning talk shows to, you know, this is coming and it's, it's going to happen and we need to be prepared. And then it was just days later where, you know, it's all hands on deck. How do we, how do we reinvent our teams quickly? You know, my team, I think we did a really good job moving them remote, which again, that's not my team's format. And that worked really well. And then reframing how we thought about positioning ourselves in the market and the messaging we were using and the frequency of our outreach. And we just completely reinvented our team in about a week. And we saw an immediate rebound in productivity and we had a tremendous month. Again, I, I feel very fortunate to be in a position where our industry needs us right now. But I think if our team wasn't able to reinvent so quickly, we wouldn't have seen that great performance. I think we could have, we could have spent weeks saying, you know, let's, we still have to figure this out. What do we do? And it could have been a month or two months before we would have got it together. The team put their head down, reinvented, and went right back at it and, and performed very well last month. It's performed very well this month. You know that my point of view is that primary reason why you have such a loyal and committed and hardworking team is because they have a fantastic leader. And you have built that team and led that team in a way that they know what success looks like. They know how to come together. They know how to be adaptable. And, and that's because of you and your leadership. So my next question for you would be, how have you 
had to shift your leadership and your leadership style in this environment, especially given that there's so many other things that people are having to balance besides just getting work done? We live in a state that receives crisis about two or three times a year. We get hurricanes and they're small and they're quick and they go through and they they come fast and they leave fast. But I think that provide us a little bit of advantage in that we've been through events where we've had to quickly adapt our team, potentially go remote, you know, redefine expectations for a short period of time. You know, that was one of the things we had to do here was, you know, make it clear to the team, there's obviously an event coming and and all of us are going to perceive that in different ways. But the number one priority for our team right now is the health and safety of team members, their families. And the first shift we did was let's make sure everyone feels like they're given the space to make what is the biggest priority, their number one priority. With that in place, I think then people feel safe and secure and they feel trust. And, and now they're able to focus on the task at hand with every, everything that is their number one priority in a safe spot. Now they can focus on being productive. So just like we do when there's a hurricane, say, like, okay, you know, we're going to spend a couple of days making sure that the, the shutters are up and our families are protected and our property is safe. And once that's good, we're all hunkered down. Now we can get back to work. We just really applied in a bit broader scale some tools that we've, uh, we have to use on a regular basis um, just because of the nature of our, our latitude. You know, that was something that we, we put into place. Again, the team responded great and quickly to that. I think some of the changes at the leadership level we had to make is really redefining expectations. We didn't know what the productivity would look like, and we didn't know how this would impact our industry, our communities. What we wanted to make sure is that we didn't continue to measure output the same way we did prior to this event happening. Because if there was an impact and you couldn't produce at the same level, well, it might not be that the person isn't trying. It might be the the nature of the environment we're trying to act within. So we sort of shifted our focus more activity and less productivity to make sure we may not be getting the results right now, but let's make sure we're giving good guidance around the activity we want to see and make sure people are able to to achieve that activity. And I think that was helpful. We quickly realized that once we reinvented ourselves, we could focus again on productivity because we remain very productive. Something that's been very helpful for our team and, and something we've done at the leadership level is really framing for our team, not how to think about COVID-19 as an individual, but how to think about how our market is reacting to a health pandemic. We phased sort of the market into three buckets and we've said, okay, this is, this is the phase where it's the first phase and people are scrambling to figure out what to do. And they're going to behave differently in this phase. And they're probably going to behave more irrationally in this phase or, or emotionally in this phase. And our buying cues we typically look for are going to look very different. And we're probably not going to be able to read it very clearly when, when they're in this phase, but this will end. And they'll move into a phase we're calling the new norm, where they're going to say, okay, I don't like it, but I've got to operate and I've got to provide care. And they're going to figure out how to operate their organization and service their patients. And, and then we're going to see more rational, less emotional behavior. And then we're expecting to see a recovery phase where the curve is flattened and the curve is waning and maybe there's an approved vaccination. Who knows what those things will look like or when they'll be online. But as the market recovers, we'll see a resurgence in healthcare because a lot of healthcare sort of went on pause for a couple of months and the market will behave differently there as well. So 
constantly talking to the team about how we think the market is acting and compartmentalizing it for them, I think has helped everybody understand how to approach their customers and their clients and how to speak differently in this phase compared to the next phase. Because again, we want to, in the first phase, we want to say we're here to support and here's some tools that we've seen that may be helpful for you. And if there's anything I can do, call me. We've really found very valuable for our team to create calm, create focus and create production. Well, and I love that idea because you are giving a framework. And I think one of the things that's been most challenging about this situation, I'm talking about this on a personal level too, is not having a framework for when this will end, what it will look like next, you know, what it's going to look like in May, what it's going to look like in June, even though you may not have a time frame per se, because, you know, you don't necessarily know either, you can at least provide a framework for here's where we're at, here's where we'll be next, and then here's where we're going to go. Ambiguity is so hard for people. And you know, one of the things that I talk a lot about with leaders, and I'm, I'm sure you and I have talked about it, is that it's not that people are reacting to and resisting change. They're reacting and resisting the losses that come about because of change. And change, as we think about change, is generally something like it was this and now it's this. This ended, this began. And there's been a lot of that sort of change through all this, right? Like you were working in office, now you're working at home. You did have freedom to go to the store whenever you wanted, and now you don't. And so there's been a lot of that, it was this, it's now this. But then there's this larger scale ambiguity that, again, we don't know. We have no visibility as to what that future state looks like. And that can make people very uncertain, very unsettled. You can really swirl with that. So that framework that you've provided gives people something to hook onto. You know, you're not promising, oh, you know, we're going to be in this next phase by this point in time, but you're giving some guidance as to where you're at and how you'll have signs that you're moving into that next phase. And I think that's brilliant. I don't know how frequently other leaders are doing it, but I think it's probably a really wise approach as you think about your own market. You know, and it'd be good for me, even as a you know, solopreneur to think about, okay, here's where I'm at. Here's where it will look like when we move on. And you know, I probably have a couple options there. And again, just what are those signs that people are gonna pick up on? I think that's really, really valuable. That's a great idea. And you said it too, you know, and, and I think we need to be, you know, free and honest with our teams to say, listen, this is the framework that in, in the structure of the compartmentalization that we're seeing right now. We might not be right. And that's okay. We, we'll, we'll course correct if we get down that path and the timing's different than we anticipated or the way the market's behaving in that second phase is different than what we anticipated. We'll adapt at that point not locking into that as this is what's going to happen. And, and even if it's not happening, we're going to pretend like it is, you know, giving ourselves a latitude to, to course correct when we're wrong is important too. This is uncharted. None of us have gone through something quite like this before. We've had things that are similar, but this is, this is uncharted. I do appreciate though, how you guys have been looking at, you know, you're used to the short term crisis that come with hurricanes. Right. And I think it's, really insightful to say, okay, we did this in a really short period of time. We're good at this. We know this is a muscle that we've developed. Now we're just going to have to use it for a longer period of time. We don't necessarily have that hearing 
Colorado unless the caldera <laughs> and Yellowstone blows, then it might be a different situation altogether. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd love to hear too from you. I know, like you said, your team's doing great. You guys all seem really positive, but what's been most challenging for you as a leader and how have you worked through that? For me, it's really trying to balance drive and production with culture and, and social connection. You know, we're an extraordinarily high velocity team. We run very hard. We're in sales. It, you know, it, every month they, they all, the dials roll back to zero and you start again. It's just, it's what we signed up for and we all get it. But there's added stress out there that doesn't exist when there's not a pandemic. You know, in the in the air. So trying to just trying to balance making sure the amount of urgency or drive that our team is feeling from the leadership team is appropriate. I don't think I do a great job of that sometimes. I catch myself and go, guys, I I just I need to pull that back a little bit. I hope you don't hear that everything is about how can we run harder. We're making extraordinary progress together. And I know if we continue to drive hard, we'll continue down that path. I'll go a period of time and then realize probably the way my team has been hearing me probably feels less appreciative of how hard they're working and more about how can we push harder? Where can we find another edge? And then in the same time, taking the time, and it's so much easier in an office environment where you can just walk around and give a fist bump or ask about how the weekend was. It's just so much difficult, more difficult in a remote setting but making sure you take the time to build the rapport and trust that you need to. That just, you can't do that by sending emails. That takes, that takes you know, face-to-face and now face-to-face is, is video. So making sure that we're spending the right amount of time engaging with individuals and not asking them you know, how they can produce more, but asking them you know, how they're doing, how their family's doing. Finding that right balance. I think I, I do that without thinking about it when I'm surrounded by my team it's different and I need to be very thoughtful and conscious about doing that virtually. Cause I, I, like everybody, I'm in my, my office bubble right now. I look up and it's 4.30 and I, I haven't taken the time to do that. That's been challenging for me. I think I if certainly realized I need to do a better job there. Well, and that's really good self-awareness, right? Knowing you have that drive, you, you know, being aware of how, oh, how I said that it might, you know, be interpreted that way. And maybe I need to adjust my tone a little bit. And that, can be tough as we're all undergoing stress, right? And so our emotional normatives are not quite as stable at all times anymore. So last question I'll have for you, what are you doing to take care of yourself during this? Oh gosh, I, you know, without even having to try, I feel so fortunate again, I'm getting more sleep than I think I ever had, at least since I've had kids, I'm getting more sleep, the most sleep I've ever got. I'm making time for myself day where I, I'll start at seven and at nine o'clock, I take an hour break and my boys get on their bikes and I run beside them and, and you know, we spend an hour. It's their PE because they're doing telelearning now, um, but that's a you know, great time I get to spend with them and I get to cook them lunch and I get to make dinner and without even having to try. I, again, I'm just, I feel very fortunate and there's so many silver linings. There's, there's a lot of hardship globally because environment we're all managing through together. But there's a lot of silver lining in it as well, where many individuals like myself are getting to do things that they just don't get to normally do. So 
the team's performing well. I, I think my stress levels are probably much lower than, than many people that position like mine. Without even having to try, I, self is, is, is well taken care of. That's great to hear. Well, Mike, thank you so much for your time today. Always great to talk to you. And I know your team is grateful for you and for your leadership as well. So thanks for taking the time today. Absolutely. Thank you. I miss our conversation. So this was a lot of fun. I do too. Thanks so much. Thank you. That wraps up this episode of This Is How We Lead, Conversations with Legacy Leaders. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn about the work I do with organizations and leaders to achieve legendary business results and establish a positive leadership legacy, please head to my website at 110westgroup.com. That's 110westgroup.com. And if you know of a fantastic legacy leader who I should have on this podcast, use the contact me page on my website and drop me a note. Thank you again and be well.